Hi guys, welcome back to another Trucking Made Successful podcast where we look at the trucking industry, the freight market, and try to make sense of the current situation using data. And I also bring my personal experience running two trucking companies to try and understand what kind of mess we find ourselves in. Now it's the end of another week and that means it's time for our weekly market update and forecast where we will look at capacity, volumes, rejection rates, spot rates, diesel prices, and then look at the relatively better markets to end up in next week for reefers, dry vans, and flatbeds. So I'm going to do something that I haven't done before, but considering that I'm starting to trigger people whenever I have not the greatest news, Here it is. If you're not ready to hear upsetting news, I completely understand. And then I really recommend listening to another podcast or watching another video. Honestly, I was questioning whether to make this podcast and the video on YouTube at all, because I also don't like upsetting people. But we have two choices. Either we live in La La Land or we look the truth in the face and make better decisions. So it's up to you, but I'm going to get into the data and analyze this week's numbers. Now, before we actually talk about the data, a few things I do want to say. First, I am doing a live on YouTube this Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. So if you have any questions or want to know more about the market or just want to chat with other industry professionals, you know where to find me. Second, I know that we are all struggling and sometimes it feels like this struggle is endless. And of course, I understand that when the data I show or talk about consists of bad news, I'm quite literally pouring salt in an open wound. But the thing is, if our perception of reality is skewed, so are our decisions. And I refuse to be responsible for people making bad decisions using the data that I present. So when creating my YouTube channel, as well as this podcast channel, I promised you guys, as well as myself, that full transparency will always be at the heart of every podcast and every video. And sometimes that transparency is hard to swallow. I know it is for me. As I said, I actually had a moment of pause before making this podcast. Do I really want to upset people who are already down? And the answer was that I would rather tell you guys the unpleasant truth than try to run away from it. So let's get into the data. First, we have the net change in authorities. How many net carriers did we lose or gain last week? Well, the good news is that we lost carriers. The bad news, it was only 158 carriers net lost as of the 15th of September. Now on my YouTube channel, on the video, you will see that there is a chart from the beginning of the year. And something that we will notice right away is that we have had several moments in the past year where the net loss of carriers was pretty small. So this really doesn't worry me that much. Now, revocations went down from last week, but not by much, which tells me that the incoming new carriers increased. More and more people got their authority activated last week. However, we also have to consider that the total amount of trucking authorities is still on its way down, albeit the rate of that decline in trucking authorities is not as steep as before. Now, if we take a look at the total number of authorities versus the total freight volume in the market, it's still going the way we need it to. Since the beginning of 2023, volumes are up 
24%, while total authorities are down by 4%. The supply and demand is auto-correcting extremely slowly, of course. All right, volumes and rejections. General freight volumes in the freight market are still doing relatively well. They have consistently been climbing since the start of the year, with peaks and valleys, of course, but the overall trend is an upwards one. Rejections, on the other hand, made a U-turn in the wrong direction. For the first time since the end of August, we find ourselves at a rejection rate of less than 4%. Currently, we are at 3.9%, which means that 3.9% of the total volume is getting filtered into the spot market. Now, of course, we can't forget that if rejections stay the same but volume increases, we still get more volume on the spot market. The math is simple. Let's say that rejections are at 4% and volumes are 100 loads. That means that four loads get pushed to the spot market. Now let's leave the rejection at 4%, but volumes are now 150 loads. Now the amount of loads ending up on the spot market is six. Make sense? Now I decided to see what is happening with rejections over the past five years, and although a couple of weeks ago it seemed like we will definitely pass the 2019 levels as of September 1st, as I said before, we made a U-turn and are back to the lowest rejection rate in five years for this time of year. Volume-wise, however, we are below 2022, 2021, and 2020 levels, but we are way above the 2018 and 2019 levels in terms of volumes. And considering the pattern of the prior years, we are around that time when volumes will start slowly going down until the end of the year. Now, I'm not making predictions here, just explaining what I see in the pattern. Now, spot versus contract rates are showing us that there was a slight change and contract carriers are now at 76 cents per mile more than spot carriers, a decrease of 3 cents since last week. Again, this might change when those contracts get renegotiated to reflect the current market, but for now, those contracts are pretty resilient. Diesel. Well, we are now averaging at $4.60 per gallon and diesel prices are still climbing up. Of course, this is really upsetting because all of our bottom lines are being eroded by those fuel expenses. If we look at the markets, we can see that for the most part, markets experienced an increase in diesel prices, with California being the king of increases unsurprisingly. Now, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Georgia, and Illinois had some decreases in certain markets. All right, let's look at flatbeds, reefers, and dry vans now. Spot volumes for flatbeds increased last week, showing consistency with that five-year pattern, although way below the average. This pattern consistency gives us some insight into what to expect with volumes. If we continue following the pattern, flatbed spot volumes will slowly go down until the end of the year before picking up again at the beginning of 2024. Flatbed rates on the spot market saw a decrease last week and are currently at around the $2.30 per mile mark, while the five-year average shows $2.40 per mile. Again, the pattern is being followed and we can expect some stability in rates until week 44, which is the end of October, when rates will start going down again. 
Now, because I don't have data from Sonar on flatbed markets, I am forced to use the DAT market map, which shows hot and cool markets for spot freight. So according to this map, we have Oregon, Idaho, the Flagstaff, Arizona market, and then the South as hot markets for flatbeds. So at the beginning of this week, I made a video on booking a flatbed load from Oregon, and we saw that it was not easy. What does this tell us? It tells us to be careful with this map. It only measures how many posted loads versus posted trucks there are in that market. And this data is skewed because brokers repost a load multiple times and not every person posts their truck. I can tell you from my experience though, that the South is a relatively better market for flatbeds. Stay away from Texas. It's not good at all. All right, now reefers. Reefer volumes increased last week on the spot market, but ever so slightly. Spot rates, however, experienced a sharp decrease last week, putting us around the $2.40 per mile mark, whereas the five-year average is around $2.60 per mile. This is a pattern that we see every single year, and rates should continue to decrease for reefers until the end of October, when they start picking up again due to the holiday season. Reefer volumes in the general freight market saw some increases week over week in Idaho, Utah, Northern California, Michigan, Missouri, Illinois, Minnesota, South Dakota, Georgia, South Carolina, upstate New York, Mississippi, Tennessee, and San Antonio, Texas. But for the most part, there was not much change in volumes as a whole. Rejections for reefers saw a decrease in California, Spokane, Washington, Seattle, Washington, Minnesota, Georgia, South Carolina, parts of Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois, and South Dakota. The increases in rejections happened in the Pendleton, Oregon market, North Dakota, Lincoln, Nebraska, Michigan, upstate New York, Indiana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and North Carolina. Wow, I had a hard time saying Oklahoma. I nearly said Ohio. I'm not going to talk about the spot market DAT map this time, because while I'm forced to do so with flatbeds due to the lack of data on sonar, I believe that sonar is the best tool there is to look at better and worse markets. So where do you have to go with a reefer next week? Twin Falls, Idaho has a rejection of 40% or 40.64% to be exact. Pendleton, Oregon, 40.87%. Grand Rapids, Michigan, 26.72%. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 18.75%. And the general Midwest ranges from 11 to 18% rejection. And all of these places have decent volumes for reefers. So just like last week, if you're able to run to the Midwest hitting Idaho and Pendleton, Oregon, sometimes you will be in a relatively better position. This is what I will try to do with my reefer next week. All right, on to dry vans. Van volumes also saw an increase on the spot market. And just like with the other two trailers, we are following that five year pattern, which tells me that we should continue seeing increases in volumes up until around week 40 or the beginning of October. After that, we will have a decrease in van volumes followed by stability and then an increase at the end of the year. 
As for rates on the spot market, there was a nice decrease, unfortunately, back to around $1.95 per mile on average last week, whereas the five-year average is around the $2.17 mark. Again, this is a pattern that is being followed, which shows continuous decreases in the van spot rate until around week 45, the end of October, when rates should start increasing again. Volumes for dry vans in the general market were kind of all over the place, so let me tell you the most significant changes. Houston, Texas saw a significant increase in freight volume. Lincoln, Nebraska, Portland, Oregon, Minneapolis, Minnesota, those are all places that saw increases in volumes. Utah, Arizona, Seattle, Washington, Missouri, Jacksonville, Florida, Iowa, and Wisconsin saw significant decreases in volumes. If we look at rejections, dry vans had rejection increases in Wyoming, North and South Dakota, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Dallas, Spokane, Washington, Massachusetts, Connecticut, West Virginia, and Virginia. Everywhere else, there were either decreases or no changes in terms of rejections. So where do you have to go with a dry van next week? Well, the significant market is really Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the rejection is 13.12%, but the Midwest in general is at the 6% rejection mark. So that's pretty much it for dry vans. The dry van market is definitely a little bit more challenging to navigate, but I would still keep to the Midwest as much as possible because that's a relatively better area than anywhere else. Definitely stay away from the West Coast and the Plains states, as well as the Southeast. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania might be interesting as well, and it's close to Ohio. So yeah, it's a bummer that this is the data right now, but what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Now, I'm not going to recommend what steps you should take, but I will tell you what I am planning to do with my two trucking companies. I'm planning to ride this thing out, and I refuse to let this temporary, and yes, it is temporary, problem with the market drive me out. So first and foremost, cash flow. Every month I write out all my fixed expenses as well as overestimate my variable expenses. I know exactly how much money will be going out every single day during the month. And that allows me to make decisions in advance to keep that cash flow flowing smoothly. Now, unexpected expenses will always go on my company credit card that needs to be paid off a month later. Number two, my load decisions are based not only on where can I get the highest rate per mile, they are based on that cash flow as well. How much money do I need to make in a week so that cash flow increases considering the expected expenses? And number three, one day at a time and consistency. I'm definitely prone to looking 256 steps ahead, but in the current situation, one day at a time is a really good skill to have. Anyway, guys, wishing you all a wonderful rest of your week. I'll see some of you during the live on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And for everyone else, I'll catch you in the next podcast. Mm -hmm.